never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Well, well, well. Okay, folks, Pastor Eli James here, and I've been telling you that World War III will be between the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers, and that's the way it's shaping up. Welcome, everybody. Pastor Eli James here, and uh, I'm just I'm uh, going to wait before I go into the chat room. I have uh, several uh, points I want to make about the website. Uh, Paul and I had a major discussion today about the future of Eurofolk Radio and the potential for turning it into a uh, a real radio station with a um, you know a backup crew running things and you know that I'll be part of that but uh, I'm looking for volunteers to help me produce programs. And we're going to have a greater variety of stuff. Some of it may may not be identity. But uh, we want to be totally controversial, as controversial as possible, and not shrink from the truth. And we'll probably have a greater presence on Gab as well, because Gab seems to be the one platform where freedom of speech is tolerated, even criticism of Jews, besides Eurofolk Radio. Okay. I just want to point out some of the posts that we've been putting up on Eurofolk Radio, and I, I want to encourage you to share these with everybody you know. Uh, the latest today was about gene driving, gene driving and CRISPR, I call it technology, technology, a recipe for genetic manipulation. So gene driving is one of the latest technologies of manipulating genetics. It turns out that manipulating genetics has become rather easy. It can actually be done in just about any lab on the planet. It no longer requires very sophisticated equipment to... All they have to do is inject garbage garbage genetics into a cell... And that cell, uh, if you catch it at the right time, will absorb the garbage genetics and uptake it into the DNA of the subject or the object or the victim, (laughs) however you want to put it. And CRISPR technology is even more dangerous. uh, It's the latest uh, way in which to influence cells. And the two are actually very closely related. Gene driving and CRISPR technology are the wave of the future. You know that the Satanists uh, slash Jews slash globalists slash deep state, etc. They uh, have full intention to pull this off. They want to turn us into transhumans. Uh, Zogbots, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh Robots, half robot, half human, as the Borg were on Star Trek, The Next Generation, etc., etc. 
Zyklon B equals COVID-19. The Gates jab is evil, pure evil, a recipe from hell. And there's an interview between me and Fritjof Person, actually, last Saturday's Restoration Hour is featured on that post where we discuss the banking, the banksters behind COVID and how COVID has affected the planet. And uh, the that show was called The Zombie Apocalypse. Today's show is The Zombie Apocalypse Part uh, uh, Update Number 1. And also, Vaccine Warfare Explained, Dr. Lee Merritt, uh, there's more and more doctors, real doctors, coming out and agreeing with us that the vaccine, or what I call the vaccine, because it's vexing everybody, V-E-X-X-I-N-E, the vaccine is making people sick, causing people to shed, and making, in fact, uh, I just heard from Paul today that uh, one of our shows had to be postponed or canceled uh, today. Because the uh, show host caught caught COVID from a group of vaccinated people, he was not vaccinated, uh, but the uh, he attended a meeting with a group of vaccinated people, and he immediately got sick. So this is a, an example of shedding, folks. All right, and that's uh, the subject of the other uh, post we put up. That was April twenty sixth. The Gates jab nightmare, shedding disease. And infertility, showing that women are having horrible problems when they get the jab. And even women who only stand near or come in contact with vaccinated people uh, experience uh, enormous problems, uh, spontaneous abortions, infertility, etc., etc., etc. This is serious stuff, folks. Very serious stuff. And I have to say that we at Eurofolk Radio are keeping the world apprised of these facts more than anybody else on the planet. So this is the place to get news on the vaccines and the globalists behind the vaccines. Okay, so I'm going to play really quick an audio from a video from BitChute here. This, in fact, I'll copy this real quick. And I'll put it in the chat room for all the chatters while I am playing this. It's very short. Here we go. Here's the point of the video. I have to take a stance in order to protect the people in my office. I am not willing to watch somebody who made a poor decision and got the shot stand next to a young female in my office and risk the chance of her becoming infertile. It's not happening on my watch. Not going to happen. And so... Listen, we don't know why this is happening, but when I hear stories of hundreds of thousands of women talking about their cycle being irregular, clotting, bleeding, cysts in their ovaries after being around a vaccinated person, and I hear a theological, theoretical explanation that makes sense to me, which when you get the jab, you create a situation where your body is literally a spike protein factory, and knowing that when you breathe, you exhale your own cells, Right? Let's talk about the size of a cell. You can't see it. Right? If I were to pile up millions of them, they'd be like this big. Well, viruses are smaller than cells. Spike proteins, I don't know. I don't know. Are they smaller than... Nobody knows. All I know is that when I ask the females in my office... They're smaller than viruses, they that's for sure. They are having 
not all, 80% are having weird female cycles. I have a front desk assistant who means the world to me and she's pregnant. Nobody who made the decision to get the shot, that's them coming here is not worth me watching her have a miscarriage. It's not, period, right? And so with the effort to try to love my patients who made a poor decision and still take care of them, I'm asking them to quarantine for 30 days outside of my office. Why 30 days? I have no clue. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> it's just okay? being careful. <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't know if they're only spitting proteins for 30 days or the rest of their life. But I, I figure at least if it's 30 days, maybe if it's worse in the beginning, we're going to do the same thing with any and all live virus vaccines. So if someone gets a vaccine for a live virus, you're not allowed in my office anymore for a minimum of 30 days after that crap. So I'm saying this online because if you want to make an appointment in my office, we are going to ask you when your last vaccine was and vaccine because it ain't a freaking thing because it ain't a freaking vaccine it's a shot that's right when you say it's a dna manipulation drug well loving that's what it is you quarantine a minimum of 30 days before you ever come to our office most people probably just won't come in because that's going to be weird for them and that's just fine right (laughs) so in an ideal situation in an ideal situation i have no more patients come to my office ever who got the shot And all of you watching and all of you out there who think for yourself and don't watch CNN and for all of you out there that want a stronger immune system, then you now know that this place, my office, is a safe haven for you, your daughter, your wife, to come and get the care that you need and not have to worry about whether or not you're going to have an irregular cycle or become infertile because of who you were standing next to and who breathed on you. I understand this is a hard stance. I understand it's going to rub some people the wrong way. Do Let I it. Care? With all due <laughs> yeah. respect, no. The safety of people in my office is the most important thing. And I've spoken to my attorney, and I have every right to deny service to anybody for any reason. So I think that this is quite a reasonable request for people to quarantine for a minimum of 30 days after they get the shot so that we can try to protect women. Amen. Amen to that. So there are people waking up, folks. There are people waking up. And here at Eurofolk Radio, we will provide the evidence. Hey, oh, hold on. Again. Okay. So you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person. <laughs> Bitchu just keeps on playing, right? So, suspended cop who made fun of LeBron James refuses to apologize. Yeah. And the mass media makes no attempt to uh, talk about the evils of blacks killing other blacks. Turned when a white cop kills a black person, never the other way around, or never even when blacks kill other blacks. It's just talk about a double standard in mass media. But anyway, that that, uh, doctor uh, is very aware of the, well, I've I've been calling it off-gassing. The off-gassing, they call it shedding. The shedding problem that uh, is happening with people who are getting vaxxed and causing other people that they associate with to become ill. That's, uh, that is what's going on, folks, and they call that shedding. And we are living in a world, it's not just a, uh, a, a, a thing in your, our imaginations or their imaginations, all of these reports on various 
social platforms, just being in the company of vaccinated people, one of the posts up at Eurofolk Radio is all about that, with uh, two, uh, two videos uh, about that, okay? So we're keeping, uh, obviously, mainstream media, but even on the Internet, nobody's staying on top of this issue more than we are, okay? So one of the things, because there's a lot of, when you uh, search for this shedding phenomenon on uh, mainstream Internet you know, browsers, a lot of people who simply deny that this is actually happening, yeah, super shedders, <laughs> right? The, the zombie apocalypse, right? Yeah, the the uh, jabs with, with this uh, DNA altering. Uh, you can't call it medicine. DNA altering uh, chemical shot shot. That's what it is. It's not a vaccine. It's simply a shot loaded with chemicals. That's all it is. The usual. Uh, chat room and it's not uh, it's not responding to me uh, and I can't post this uh, this link into the chat room so I'll just continue as we go on uh, I'll try to uh, eliminate the uh, since I can't log in again I've been having trouble with my computer I'm taking it in on Mondays for various repairs so hopefully that will solve all the issues I've been having lately but I'm going to quote here from uh, this study this is clinicaltrials.gov and this is dated November 1st 2010 and this is about vaccine shedding so this is an official government website talking about vaccine shedding this is real folks the mainstream internet Jew liars are trying to pretend that this can't possibly happen. Well, and it has happened. It's been documented since 2010. And here we go. Arms and interventions. Uh, okay. Experiment. Cohort 1. Punts of age. Wow. They're doing this to babies. The participant. They're, they're, Unbelievable. Participants received a single intranasal dose of 0.2 milliliter, approximately 0.1 milliliter in each nostril. Flumist, trivalent influenza virus vaccine live on day zero of the study, before this you know, first day was even over. Each dose of Flumist vaccine contained 10, there's a carrot, 10 to the 7th? I don't know what 10 carat 7 means. Fluorescent focus units. 10 to the 7th power? Is that what it means? Fluorescent units of three influenza virus strains, namely A, New Caledonia, <laughs> A, Wyoming, and A, Fujian, and B, Jilin, and B, Shanghai. Intervention slash treatment. A single intranasal dose of 0.2 milliliter, blah, 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 okay. Other names, flu mist, cold-adapted influenza virus vaccine, live attenuated influenza virus vaccine. Okay, let me scroll down here. Outcome measures. Primary outcome measures. Percentage of participants who shed any vaccine virus. That's what it says here, folks. This is clinicaltrials.gov clinicaltrials.gov 
forward slash CT2. And if you put that in your browser, you'll probably get it. I'll see if I can access the, the chat room and post these items here. Anyway, viral shedding is defined as the detection of virus by viral culture and vaccine type virus was confirmed by polymerase chain reaction PCR-based assays. Viral shedding, A, New Caledonia, A, Wyoming, etc., was measured from samples obtained from nasal swabs daily from days 1 to 7 post-vaccination and approximately every other day thereafter from days 9 to 28. Okay? So they took sample swabs from the nasal passages of these infants and found that there was shedding. They were releasing the uh, the virus, the injected virus, through their nasal passages. Or, since this was a nasal flu mist in the, to begin with, it may have just stayed there. But uh, this confirms the shedding hypothesis that we are being deluged with today. This stuff is real, folks. So, apparently what's happening, the people who are getting the chem shot, are becoming so hypervalent that their bodies are reeking <laughs> with these with these chemicals, and these uh, especially if you stand near, you don't even want to touch a vaccinated person at this point in your life. Don't even want to touch such a person, because or get near such a person because they may shed on you, like a dog or a cat sheds hair. Continuing with this description, this is point one of the primary outcome measures. Participants whose day 25 or 28 shedding sample was positive for vaccine virus had additional shedding samples collected approximately every seven days or as soon as possible upon awareness of culture positivity. Are you getting this, folks? They're shedding for a whole month after getting the jab. The chem shot. I don't want to call it a kill shot because it's not killing everybody. Not yet. For many, it takes a little bit of time before it kills them. Right? It's almost a kill shot, but not quite. This is amazing stuff, folks. Really amazing. Uh, Point number two. Oh, wait a minute, I didn't finish the last sentence of point number one. So they collected samples every seven days or as soon as possible upon awareness of culture positivity until two consecutive samples were negative for vaccine virus. So they had to wait until there was two consecutive days without the uh, so-called participant shedding. Item number two, percentage of participants who shed AH1N1 vaccine virus. That is, I believe, that's AIDS, if I'm not mistaken. Days 1 through 28 after study vaccination. Viral shedding is defined as a detection of virus by viral culture. It starts out with the same definition of what viral shedding is. And pretty much uh, the same, uh, it pretty much has the same information for this other virus. Okay, so point one was uh, for participants who shed any vaccine. Two, 
the for those who shed AH1N1, and all these paragraphs say exactly the same thing, it's just that they're talking about different samples. And uh, number three is percentage of participants who shed AH3N2, pretty much the same results. And number four, percentage of participants who shed B vaccine virus. And uh, just scanning, the, the, it's virtually the same information on all four samples. Secondary outcome measures, duration of any vaccine virus shedding time frame, days 1 to 28 after study vaccination, up to day 28. So unless they had a sample, unless the patient did not shed two consecutive, two consecutive days after what time frame, after 14 days? Nevertheless, the important uh, fact here in this study is that this is real. Vaccine shedding is real. Okay? Now, the criteria for the participants listed here. Male or female, six months to less than 60 months of age. So, that's five years. So, this is a study done on children. Reached their sixth month, but not yet reached their fifth year birthday at the time of study vaccination. Number, point number two, written informed consent and health insurance, health insurance portability and accountability act, HIPPA authorization, obtained from the participant's parent slash legal representative. How can parents do this to their children? Point number three, ability of the participant's parent legal representative to understand and comply with the requirements of this study. Now remember last week on Yahweh's Covenant People, I was unfortunately not able to post that on Eurofolk Radio because my uh, Windows Media Player crashed and I couldn't uh, uh, recover that file. I will try once I get Windows Media reinstalled on my computer next week. Because that was a very important show about the lack of accountability by the entire vaccine industry and how they're pushing vaccines without getting informed consent. Without getting informed consent. And that means adults. How this is industry-wide. They're vaccine pushers. That's what they are. Point number four. Participants, parent, legal representative available by telephone. Point number five, ability to to complete follow-up period of 180 days after study vaccination is required by the protocol. So those are the criteria of the study. So this is a real scientific study about shedding, folks. This is about shedding, (laughs) all right? So uh, before I get into the main topic of today's show, which is going to be why I refuse to take vaccines. Uh, Oh, I'm just going to do a couple uh, real quick items here. And this is, that's by why I refuse to take 18 reasons why I refuse to be vaccinated by, by another author, not by me. But I just want to report a couple other uh, smaller points here. This is GOP from GOP USA. An article by Michelle Malkin, Vaccine Passports, the Global Trace and Track Regime. The Biden administration's vaccine passport scheme is just a teeny tiny tip of a massive privacy invasion iceberg. 
A year ago this week, I began chronicling the worldwide weaponization of COVID-19 by big government and big business to trace and track the health data of untold hundreds of millions of human beings. Let's review. Again, this is www.gopusa.com, and you can just search for, browse for the article, Vaccine Passports, the Global Trace and Track Regime by Michelle Malkin. In March 2020, Singapore unleashed a Bluetooth app called Trace Together on Google Play and the Apple Store to track people who tested positive for coronavirus and notify others through their cell phones. Are you being watched? Are you being watched? Anybody who uses these apps is a guinea pig, is a, is a, a big brother clone, a big brother trackable <laughs> are you trackable are you tra- well of course all of us are because if you have a cell phone you are trackable and traceable sorry to say if you and but they can even tap your house phone most of our house phones are tapped as well they know who you are they know what you're up to but right now the game plan is to get rid of the volunteers let the volunteers be damned is their motto For those who argue that participation is completely voluntary, bear in mind that Singapore functions as a high-tech dictatorship where refusal to comply with stay-at-home orders and refusal to share GPS location data... uh, GPS is usually in your car, right? And if you don't share your GPS location data, what, what? With health bureaucrats, those people are criminals, Subject to six months imprisonment and or, ready, a $10,000 fine. The Singapore system was quickly expanded to require users to submit their national ID numbers and passport numbers. A few months later, the government issued wearable tracing tokens with QR codes to all 5.7 million residents in Singapore. Is that a big brother Orwellian country or not? Plans are in the works to formally mandate Trace Together. Oh, they always make it sound so wonderful. Enrollment for anyone in cinemas, restaurants, workplaces, schools, and shopping malls. Yet, you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. It's here, folks. There is no more doubt. It's here. Dozens of states, plus countries including Germany, the UK, and a large swath of Canada, now use COVID-19 exposure notification apps akin to Singapore's that are built on Google and Apple's exposure notification application programming interface. You can rest assured, I'm not going to be using that interface. This is incredible, folks. Absolutely incredible what's going on. We are being not only targeted, we are being tracked. Everywhere we go, we are being tracked. Wow. What a crazy world. Absolutely crazy world. So, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lily, Lily says, I suppose a person vaccinated could spread a virus just as easy as someone who has a virus. Yeah, because they're being given some sort of virus. 
Yeah, and Brother Hebert says Amanda Volma d disagrees with it, but uh, there, uh, we've got videos up uh, with scientists saying it's real, and I just quoted to you from uh, uh, from a government source that says this is shedding is real, okay? And uh, Tenpenny says it's transmitting rather than shedding. It's just a difference in terminology. It's just a difference in terminology, that's all. If, if somebody has a disease... They're likely to give it to you if you, uh, especially if you touch them. Most of these uh, diseases are transmitted through uh, physical contact. However, with uh, what do you call it? Uh, with uh, chemtrails and other, and of course these uh, these little uh, gummy worms inside face masks. When you breed them in, you breed them into your lungs. And if these people are shedding these gummy worms, which are not alive, they are synthetic material that comes alive, uh, uh, quote unquote, comes alive when it comes in contact with heat and or moisture. And these are designed to irritate your body. Whatever cell they happen to be in, they irritate and cause an inflammation reaction in your body which can lead to some serious symptoms. Okay? So there's uh, multiple ways in which uh, th these things can be delivered. And by things, I mean the non-living things. But even these non-living things can contain living bacteria. It's just a delivery system. That's all it is. It's just a more complicated delivery system. Continuing with this article, on March 9, 2020, the Trump administration's U.S. Department of Health and Human Services unveiled new data rules requiring doctors and hospitals to send a core set of medical data directly to third-party apps after a patient has authorized the information exchange. Again, HIPAA applies the health insurance protocol, demands informed consent. No one, except your doctor can share any of your health records with anybody else without your consent. Do you think these people care about that? Even though Trump administer, uh, asserted this order, how many of these so-called doctors are following this rule? Google, Apple, and Microsoft, all at the forefront of health data mining, sat in on the rulemaking process meetings. Do you think they're obeying this? I doubt it. The tech oligarchs are in the driver's seat, not the back of the bus. As I've reported in investigative documentaries and this column for years, Google slash YouTube is already knee-deep in mental health data mining of adults and children despite repeated privacy violations. They've mined students' emails in violation of the Federal Family and Educational Rights and Privacy Act. They've violated the Federal Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Google secretly harvested tens of millions of medical records with identifying names, lab results, diagnoses, immunization records, and prescriptions from thousands of hospitals across 21 states through Project Nightingale. blaspheming the name of Florence Nightingale, 
a partnership with Ascension Health System to build a search tool and data analytics using machine learning algorithms. Folks, Big Brother is here. And it's called Google <laughs> Google and other, other big tech. Big tech and high tech. A year ago this month, Google launched Verily, a COVID-19 screaming, screaming, yeah, they're screaming, all right, screening and testing website. California Governor Gavin Newsom forked over $55 million to subsidize Verily contracts with 28 counties. The contracts allow Google slash Verily to mine and share home addresses and medical information with, quote, Unnamed contractors and state and federal health authorities, unquote, i.e. Jews, according to Kaiser Health News. In April 2020, COVID control of freak Anthony Fauci mentioned that the, oh, COVID control freak Anthony Fauci mentioned that the feds had begun investigating certificates of immunity for American citizens. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio launched a snitch line, (laughs) a snitch line, urging people to upload photos of businesses not in compliance with social distancing rules. Georgia officials dispatched law enforcement officers to random private homes in Fulton and DeKalb counties to ask residents questions about their health and to collect blood samples for an antibody test. Police agencies in Florida, Connecticut, and New Jersey deployed drones to enforce social distancing and experiment with fever and facial mask detection. In May 2020, China rolled out temperature armbands to college students. In August 2020, the Butler, New Jersey Public Schools mandated temperature armbands manufactured by Acwell for students and staff to be worn at all times as a condition of access to public education, so-called. Volan Technology successfully marketed and distributed tracking Bluetooth-enabled badges. Oh no, those badges you see on sci-fi movies, they're here, folks. And beacons to social dis- school districts that can track campus movements of COVID-positive wearers for up to 30 days and identify others with whom they've had close contact. Well, I'm a mile away. Is that close enough? Princeton Identity rolled out new touchless biometric and iris scanning products to be installed on college campus. Oh, is Big Brother here? Is Orwell's the Orwellian scenario here yet? Online proctoring services, not to be confused with proctology services, that proliferated in the age of COVID, including Proctorio, Factorial and Respondus Monitor, Uh, Collect college students' facial recognition data, which can be sold to third parties. Oh, wow. Man, are we in it. Are we in the Orwellian agenda? This week, the Washington Free Beacon obtained a Biden COVID team document outlining a trace and track program developed by the University of Illinois. Ah, my alma mater using Bluetooth technology that mimics the Singapore model I flagged a year ago. This week, snoozing Americans finally woke up to the Biden vaccine passport plan and the New York vaccine verification program known as the Excelsior Pass. You will be an Excelsior citizen. 
But these credentialing systems have been in the works for years among U.S. and global health agencies, long before corona meant nothing more than a beer or a bright light to most people. The Vaccination Credential Initiative is a joint endeavor of the Feds, Microsoft, Oracle, Salesforce, the Mayo Clinic, Electronic Medical Records giant Epic, Big Pharma CEOs, and globalist nonprofit entities all coordinated by the military-industrial powerhouse MITRE, MITRE Corporation. And, of course, Bill Gates is in the forefront of all of these things. These public-private partnerships between tech companies and surveillance states obliterate any meaningful distinction between free market initiatives and government directives. Big tech, big health, and big government all work seamlessly to ensure the success of the global trace and track regime. There is no freedom to choose in a climate of collusion and a culture of conformity. The conspiracy, ooh, there's that horrible word, conspiracy, is real. The conspiracy is real. It's not a theory. Michelle Malkin's email address is michellemalkininvestigates at protonmail.com. To find out more about Michelle Malkin and read features by other Creator Syndicate writers and cartoonists, visit the Creator Syndicate website at www.creators.com. Okay, so there are people. Michelle Malkin is doing wonderful work exposing the agenda. All right, the ChemShot agenda. Amazing, amazing stuff, folks. All right, so I want to get into the major article for today's show. And uh, this is, uh, uh, there's there's another article um, by Jim Stone, which I also want to access. So uh, people in the chat room uh, are saying, Lily says they've gotten rid of lawyer-client confidentiality. They've pretty much gotten rid of all confidentiality. Uh, we are all being tracked by Big Brother, otherwise known as the Rothschild Mystery Babylon banking system. And uh, yeah, there's also prions, which are uh, very, uh, very, very small agents. Uh, I believe uh, they're protein, so they, they are actually living agents, which can also be manipulated and injected into your DNA via the messenger RNA technique that Bill Gates officially uses. Okay. Yes, and uh, Brother Abair says, if you read a little of the invisible rainbow, you will realize that RF, that said radio frequency waves, caused all the symptoms of what they label as viruses or flu pandemics. Now, that, that uh, is an interesting point, Brother, because... The stuff they're injecting you with, there's a lot of metallic stuff in there, including aluminum and uh, barium and other uh, you know, agents that are responsive to RF radiation. And so, and if this stuff, if you stand near a vaccinated person who has all this, has all of this garbage floating around in their bodies and they're off-gassing it and they're, you know, because your body uh, sheds through your skin pores and they're breathing it out and this stuff lands on you, this, uh, you know, half half living, half dead (laughs) metallic stuff, it's a delivery system 
and they can actually they I think they have perfected using the vaccine the vaccinated people as a delivery system. Yes, and these uh, these vaccines cause Alzheimer's, lupus, dementia, mad cow, and scrapie, which is I think a fungal uh, irritation. So, folks, they have been working on these vaccines for decades. And COVID-19 is the excuse to get us sick with these vaccines. This is where we're at, folks. This is exactly where we're at. So it's time to inform people of what's going on. <laughs> and you know we need to keep this uh, subject alive. And so people can, well, use their own, you know, use their own decision. Like, yeah, yeah, they don't need gas chambers anymore, right? It's because people, and I have been equating the uh, the 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 chem shot with Zyklon B, folks. I have been equating the chem shot with vax with the the new COVID. All right. So I can't find that article that I wanted to quote, but uh, there's a really good website here. Uh, I've re- I referred to it often in our shows and here on uh, Eurofolk Radio, rumormillnews.com, and this is from their forum. And uh, you can probably just uh, search for Jim Stone, on, uh, and we reference Jim Stone's articles, articles periodically as well. And here's a headline that Jim Stone has for us, Vaxxed. Mexicans are dreamwalking, soliciting for sex, and not remembering that they did so. (laughs) Surely this is only in Las Vegas. And driving recklessly as if mentally impaired. (laughs) Well, how much does it take for somebody who just crossed the border to be mentally impaired or drive recklessly. That's the way they behave in Mexico, right? I'm so unkind. Anyway, the uh, item before the article begins, U.S., European, and Asian readers, have you seen strange behavior like what Jim Stones describes in your country, too? Okay. Posted by Natural Wisdom here at rumormill.news forward slash 171369 Jim Stone freelance journalist reports something is very weird with the vax propaganda let alone the vaxes themselves with the chem shots a lot of what is being done today USA Today said the unvaccinated need to be shunned so even USA Today is saying that people are shedding USA Today said the unvaccinated need to be shunned. And they did the whole science rip to boot to make good and sure that the last trailing idiots go in for their shots. Oh, okay. No, no, so this is not a shedding. The unvaccinated need to be shunned, not the vaccinated. Okay. But we, we know we need to shun the vaccinated. Now that we know the vax was designed to shed... Having the vaxxed shunned, the unvaxxed, is the best thing that could possibly happen. (laughs) Right? Yeah, stay away from me. 
It is as if the elite don't want to be served by idiots in the future. And they are setting up every possible way for people who can't think to be eliminated. Yeah, the volunteers are being eliminated. What if that's what they're really doing by pushing the vax and then pushing to have vaxxed and unvaxxed separated? Well, maybe they have a future use for the unvaxxed. You know, maybe they want to torture us in their uh, Dr. Moreau. Oh, I know. Speaking of Dr. Moreau, they want to use us as living subjects for their transhumanist agenda. Because they don't want to try this on people who are getting ready to die. Vax update. I stumbled across this and it is different enough to post by itself. My neighbor was vaxxed and then basically his family took his keys and he was in such a brain fog. Nearly had three wrecks. Truckers and cops reported impaired people having many single car wrecks, weaving, acting drunk, only common denominator is a recent vax. The people know they are screwed up but don't realize how bad. It's, well, we've been predicting this, folks, that the vaccinated will are zombies. They will start behaving like zombies, and here we go. People also showing ambient-like effects where they are dreamwalking, going to stores, have strange interactions, and remembering nothing of it later. Well, this is uh, probably the over 90 crowd, <laughs> right? But no, this is everybody who gets vaxxed. Doctor friend told me this has happened to several patients and they have no answers. Well, it should be like that doctor we played at the beginning of the show. He says he refuses to accept vaccinated people in his facility. One lady approached her SIL for sex. What's SIL? Son-in-law? Sister-in-law? <laughs> what is this? One lady approached her SIL for sex. She is not the type and remembers nothing of it. This, well, she's probably been watching television where she got the idea. This crap can break up families. She later approached a neighbor for sex. Asleep the whole time. What a disaster. On top of that, it will probably also wreck your immune system and kill you at some point. We have been saying that for quite some time now. My comment, Mexico is vaxxed at a far lower rate than the U.S., yet even I have noticed older people who qualified for the vax earlier here are now often seen by me directly. Uh, and these are his uh, observations. Backing out into busy traffic without looking. One almost hit me when I was stopped at the light and I had to go psycho on the horn while they kept backing up despite the fact that I had avoided the fender bender by pulling right up to the bumper in front of me. Yeah, so they can't speed up. Super psycho idiots simply backing out into other busy traffic without a care in the world. Traffic just going 50 miles an hour and only miracles stop the crashes. I have never seen this before, ever. It's totally unaware backing with no consideration whatsoever. Well, you haven't been to Chicago. Lots of people coming to very abrupt halts. Like I said, you haven't been to Chicago. And blocking high-speed, those phantom red lights. And blocking high-speed traffic that could smash them to smithereens. And they stay paused for a long time. 
and then after being completely stopped, turn off the road at an absolute snail's pace, which is probably good. It might be a, a thousand foot drop. I have never seen that before, and it is happening a lot now. It's as if they can no longer calculate how to slow down and turn off the road in one move. Well, their brains are being affected by the nanobots. Continuing with his observations. Totally weird and erratic parking with no consideration to the parking lines. That never used to happen. At least in this town, everyone have paid attention to that detail until now. Well, I can tell you that uh, at least at the local banks, the, the stripes for the parking spaces are way too close. And you can't open your car door without smashing into the car next to you. I am changing driving habits to allow ways to accelerate away from being rear-ended, at least more than I already was, and I don't think green lights are really green anymore. <laughs> they are instead light-initiated stop signs, and you had damn well better look before crossing. It was just awful today when I had to take Claudia everywhere for the medical stuff. I really got a fantastic look at the traffic situation. It is simply not the same anymore. No, we'll, we'll be back to normal soon. Don't worry, Jim. Claudia was like, quote, Why are you hitting the gas so hard and swerving so hard and braking so hard? She understood the horn honk when, I, that, old, when that old and probably vaxxed lady was backing out. She also noticed people were simply flying out backwards into high-speed traffic without a care in the world. It is far worse than having a bunch of drunk drivers on the road. Because they're zombies, folks. They're COVID zombies. Because at least drunk drivers are still functioning and thinking somewhat. They're just doing it drunk. What I saw today was people driving as if they were totally mentally impaired. As if they were missing whole pieces of their brains. <laughs> yeah, liberals. Processing not done at all. Not like they're processing traffic like while drunk. They are simply not processing at all. Yeah, they're zombies. Fortunately, they're not flesh-eating zombies. Fortunately, not flesh-eating zombies. And there's a couple of uh, people answering the question. Are, are there anybody, anybody else out there who have noticed this? Yes, I just had this happen to me this week. Uh, posted by Freedom Forever in response to Jim Stone. I was driving home, not going fast, luckily. I saw her coming and was able to actually drive around her. She had a maniacal look on her face. <laughs> that zombie look. I wasn't sure what was going on, but it's all making more sense now. I have lived here since 2004 and never had that happen here before. Then I came home and read about this going on and started to wonder if that's what was happened. No proof, of course, but very strange. There are a lot more accidents than there used to be. Partial cause is population growing, but it has increased exponentially in the last month. I can also read the notable calls for the day. And here was a doozy for you all. 42621. Day shift handled the following notable calls. At the very end of the shift, a deputy was stopped at Highway 1 and Aden Avenue when he observed a white car traveling west on Aden Avenue approaching Highway 1. It should be noted that Aden Avenue is closed for construction and the vehicle went behind the road closed sign <laughs> and became high-centered on a rock 
in the construction zone as it was approaching the intersection. Well, that's better than falling off a cliff. When the deputy approached the vehicle, the driver later identified was passively uncooperative, held the gas pedal to the floor, and would not communicate. It's a good thing he was high-tailing high, high on the rock. Once other units arrived on scene, deputies had to breach the driver's window, and the driver was taken into custody without further incident. Medics arrived and cleared the driver, and then he was taken to AH for a blood draw. The driver was arrested for suspected DUI and resisting. I surely wish I could find out later what the toxicology report showed, but I am sure we will never hear anything again. I could not find any name of the person involved. It would be interesting to note if there were no drugs in the person's system. Well, if they're vaxxed, there's drugs in their system. Bonnie. Signed, Bonnie. Okay. Uh, and Jim, <laughs> and I guess this another one here. Okay, so she was responding. That's just a repeat of the Jim Stone article. Let me uh, flip back and get this other post, other response to Jim Stone. And this is by Crystal River. Hey, Freedom Forever, I was sitting waiting in a store parking lot and an elderly lady starts, gets in a car next to me and started to pull out, but I had seen a car behind her and waved really wildly and yelled. She missed them. Accidents do happen, but it seems as though there are more of more of them. Many blessings, Crystal River. Okay, so uh, this is getting worse, folks. Uh, it's getting, Maybe we should stay home <laughs> and not and keep our social distance. Maybe we should. This is getting worse all the time. So wow, we are living in strange times. But all of these times have been predicted, folks. These times have been predicted in Scripture. So we are doing our best to keep the public aware of what's going on, okay? Uh, uh, Lily says, DMSO can purportedly inactivate prions. Okay, well, but it doesn't cure it. You have to take it forever if infected. <laughs> Brother A, we're, we're living in the shed apocalypse, the shed apocalypse, right? Okay, don't be a shedhead. Is dream walking the same as sleepwalking? I, I guess it's uh, the, the only difference I can think of is someone puts you in a trance-like state rather than, uh, you know, getting up while sleeping. Okay, so that might be the difference between uh, these these people who are, you know, vaccine-related or vaccine-related uh, zombies versus people who go to sleep and, and sleepwalk, all right? So uh, this is crazy stuff, folks. Uh, it's going to get worse, as we've been saying. It is going to get worse, and we are going to have a very difficult time. We're going to have to be very observant, more observant than usual, because of all these zombies, especially zombies behind the steering wheel of a motor vehicle. This is getting very, very serious. Okay, so let's see uh, if we have... I may want to take a break and search for that article that uh, 
that I was going to use as my main reference point. But I have another one here before I take such a break. We're approaching the top of the hour, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Sujin PR Newswire. What's the... Uh, okay, it's www.prnewswire.com. prnewswire.com. News releases, ICANN versus HHS, key legal win. And this is ICANN versus versus. HHS, I'll give you the names of the the abbreviations shortly, Key Legal Win Recast Vaccine Debate. Now this is from, I believe, yeah, 2018. September 14, 2018. I've been wanting to cover this story for quite some time. And this is the lawsuit filed by JFK Jr. and Dell Bigtree against the uh, HHS, which is the Department of Health and Human Services. Los Angeles, September 14, 2018, PR Newswire. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has admitted that in direct violation of federal law, it failed to provide a single vaccine safety report to Congress for, ready for this? Not one two year, not two years, not ten years, but 30 years. Haven't we been telling you that the vaccine industry does not do follow-up studies of their vaccines? They don't do any any science whatsoever. They don't test their vaccines for safety after they've put, been put on the market. And the, the testing they do before being put on the market is both sketchy and suspect. According to Informed Consent Action Network, ICANN, and basically, the, this is a reference to JFK Jr. and Del Bigtree. This acknowledgement comes after eight months of stonewalling from HHS following a Freedom of Information Act request from the nonprofit ICANN and its founder, Del Bigtree. ICANN sought copies of the reports HHS was required to submit to Congress every two years. Starting in 1988, detailing improvements it made to vaccine safety. ICANN was represented by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Okay, so RFK Jr. is the lawyer. ICANN sued HHS in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, demanding that the reports be shared with the public. HHS eventually conceded that those reports do not exist. So they can't be shared with the public. No such research was ever done. And the court entered an order confirming this concession. Quote, The 1986 National Childhood Vaccination Injury Act granted economic immunity to pharmaceutical companies for vaccine injuries and hence eviscerated their economic incentive for them to take responsibility for vaccine safety. Unquote, says Big Tree. Market forces driving vaccine safety were simply eliminated by that act. Congress therefore charged the Secretary of HHS with the explicit responsibility to assure vaccine safety. Biannual reports of HHS's progress in improving vaccine safety were to be submitted to Congress, yet, as ICANN has now proven, these reports were never even created. 
it is apparent that HHS doesn't have a clue as to the actual safety profile of the now 39 doses and growing of vaccines given by year one of age, by one year of age, including in utero, said Big Tree. I didn't realize that they were giving vaccines in utero as well. In 1986, a one-year-old child received 11 doses. HHS spends billions annually promoting vaccines and generates a steady stream of reports for promoting vaccines. Big Tree says, yet when when despite federal law, HHS cannot bother to complete the simple task of preparing a biennial report on vaccine safety, there is little hope HHS is tackling the much harder job of improving vaccine safety. That's for sure. The 1986 Act shifted financial liability for vaccine injuries to the U.S. government, which has since 1986 paid over $3.9 billion for serious vaccine injuries. Big Tree hosts the weekly live online news program, The High Wire, and is an Emmy Award-winning producer of the CBS medical talk show, The Doctors. He is producer of the groundbreaking documentary, Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe. For more information, contact Tom at ICanDecide.com. So, folks, the government is lying to you. <laughs> I think a, uh, a conspiracy theorist is someone who believes the government doesn't lie to you. Or that the, uh, how should I put it, the, the, the entire industry government, etc., doesn't lie to you. Those are, those are conspiracy theorists. Those who say that the, the, the establishment doesn't lie to you. Those are the real conspiracy theorists. So, we're going to have this get worse. As I've been saying, it's going to get worse. We need to be very, very vigilant. Very, very vigilant. Okay, so, uh, at this point, I am logged into freeconference.com, and I'm going to uh, utilize this system on Restoration Hour for the foreseeable future, and I can't put the phone numbers into the chat room because, uh, for some reason, I'm frozen out of the chat rooms again. This happens periodically. But... You can access, I don't think you need to even have freeconference.com on your computer. But all you need to do is call. And here are the following numbers. United Kingdom, plus 44, 333-011-0616. And these numbers should be on the Eurofolk Radio page, the front page, I think you just scroll down to the bottom for this information, but I'll read these numbers out just in case, not there. United States numbers are plus one six zero five four seven five four one two zero plus one four two five four three six six two six zero and finally one seven one two eight three two eight three three zero Those are the numbers you can call in and contact me directly during this live 
show. The access code is 886-8630-886-8630. So if anybody wants to call me and comment or ask a question, uh, I'll try to monitor this uh, th this uh, page by putting it in uh, min minimize. Uh, oh well, that, that's the hardly minimized at all. <laughs> it's still taking up virtually the whole page. All right. So what I have to do is I'll flip back forth, back and forth between free conference and COVID. Since this, this is my trial run, I'm not sure if it's going to give me a signal if somebody calls in or not. But I did find the, the article that I want to quote from. And this is called 18 Reasons Why I Won't Be Getting a COVID Vaccine by Christian Elliott. And uh, the full article is available at www dot deconstructingconventional.com deconstructingconventional.com and Christian Elliott says I have slightly edited slash compressed to fit editorial standards on this site but have changed none of the content the author expressly gives permission to share on his site so uh, I guess the article okay oh the the website I'm reading from is mileswmathis.com mileswmathis.com forward slash covid8 dot pdf and here we go reason number one vaccine makers are immune from liability as we just documented from the previous post they have no liability at all from any of their products for any of their products okay <laughs> don't be a shedhead <laughs> right <laughs> hence the pun okay uh, yes Jew Big Pharma are, are special they don't have to allow follow any laws they can test vaccines and any drugs on goyim kids and be be not liable that's the reality folks that is absolute reality as the author here is going to share on point number one again the author is christian elliott the only industry in the world that bears no liability for injuries or deaths resulting from their products is vaccine makers. First established in 1986 with the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and reinforced by the PREP Act, which I have not heard of, P-R-E-P Act, this law states that vaccine makers cannot be sued even if they are shown to be negligent. So it's not just accidental death. It's deliberate. Negligence is deliberate, folks. The COVID vaccine makers are allowed to create a one-size-fits-all product with no testing on subpopulation. And so here, here's what's going on. They're getting tired of being sued. And if they can create a one-size-fits-all product 
totally free of liability, they will be profit-making engines from here until, well, the Judgment Day. Because there will be a Judgment Day. And I want to see all of their facilities go up in flames. The COVID vaccine makers are allowed to create a one-size-fits-all product with no testing on subpopulations, i.e. people with specific health conditions. And yet they are unwilling to accept any responsibility for any adverse events or deaths their products cause. Yes, that is the case. If a company is not willing to stand behind their product as safe, especially one they rushed to market and skipped animal trials on... No, no, they, they did animal trials. The animals all died. I am not willing to take a chance on their product. Because, after all, we humans are animals too. No liability... No trust. That's very reasonable. Mr. Elliot is not a conspiracy theorist. He is just a reasonable person. Number two, the checkered past of the vaccine companies. The four major companies who are making these COVID vaccines either, one, have never brought a vaccine to market before COVID, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. That's very reassuring. Assuring. They have never marketed, produced a vaccine before. But of course, this is not a vaccine. It's a vaccine. It's a chem shot. It's not designed to give you immunity to anything, but it's designed to make you sick and spread the disease to others. That's what it's designed to do. Number two, these, these companies are serious felons. Pfizer and AstraZeneca. I forget which uh, which company it was, based in Ohio, run by four Jewish brothers, that killed 22,000 people uh, with their uh, oh, what the heck is the name of the drug? Uh, anyways, a big scandal. These four Jews knew that their drug was killing them, and. They got a slap on the wrist. They had paid like a $22 million fine after knowingly killing at least 22,000 people. Knowingly. They admitted it. But they were just given a slap on the wrist. Yeah, buyer beware. <laughs> buyer beware. That not, That's true of everything these days. Okay. So these people are, and then number three, Johnson and Johnson are both. They've never made, produced a vaccine before and are serious felons. That's Johnson and Johnson. I think Johnson and Johnson are, are one of the biggest big pharma companies in, on the planet. Moderna had been trying to modernize our, our RNA, <laughs> right? Our DNA. Thus the company name, all right, hint, hint, we're trying to modernize your DNA, upgrade it, just like a program. Yeah, let's, download, let's download some prions into your DNA and see what happens. Maybe you'll turn into a, a, a sphinx, half <laughs> head of a lion and a body of, of a mongoose for years, but had never successfully brought any product to market. 
How nice for them to get a major cash infusion from the government to keep trying. In fact, all major vaccine makers, save Moderna, have paid out tens of billions of dollars in damages for other products they brought to market when they knew those products would cause injuries and death. See Vioxx, Bextra, Celebrex, Thalidomide, and opioids as a few examples. Yeah, the opioid epidemic is what I was trying to refer to, but there was a specific uh, opioid that uh, was the cause of all of these deaths produced by this one Jew-owned company. If drug companies willfully choose to put harmful products in the market when they can be sued, why would we trust them when they have no liability? Man, this is too logical, folks. We shouldn't be reading logical articles like this. We should just believe the government. Because the government is the new god. In case it hasn't sunk in, let me reiterate. Three of the four COVID vaccine makers have been sued for products they brought to market even though they knew injuries and deaths would result. Johnson & Johnson has lost major lawsuits in 1995, 1996, uh, through 19, 2019. For what it's worth, J&J's vaccine also contains tissues from aborted fetal cells. Perhaps a topic for another discussion. Uh, let's, uh, let's call this all the yuck factor, the ingredients of these so-called vaccines. Pfizer has the distinction of the biggest criminal payout in history. They have lost so many lawsuits, it's hard to count. You can check out their rap sheet here. Let me see. Let me let me click on the rap sheet. This this got to be interesting. Pfizer corporate full rap sheet. Oh, this is a this is a video. Okay, I don't know how long it is, but in in any case, uh, I hope it doesn't autoplay. Pfizer made itself the largest pharmaceutical company in the world in large part by purchasing its competitors. In the last dozen years, it has carried out three mega acquisitions: Warner Lambert. Pharmacia and Wyeth. Then in 2015, Pfizer announced a $160 billion deal to merge with Allergan and move its headquarters to Ireland to avoid U.S. taxes, <laughs> but subsequently had to abandon the plan. I, I guess the Irish didn't want him there. Pfizer has also grown through Aggressive marketing, a practice that pioneered back in the 1950s by purchasing unprecedented advertising spreads in medical journals. That's what the AMA is, folks. It's nothing but an advertising agency for Big Pharma. In 2009, the company had to pay a record $2.3 billion to settle federal charges that one of its subsidiaries had illegally marketed a painkiller called Bextra. Along with the questionable marketing, Pfizer has for decades been at the center of controversies over its pricing, including a price-fixing case that began in 1958. So they've been at this for decades, folks. Product safety. During the mid-1980s, watchdog organizations such as Public Citizen Health Research Group charged that Pfizer's widely prescribed arthritis drug, Feldine, created a high risk of gastrointestinal bleeding among the elderly, but the federal government, despite reports of scores of fatalities, declined to put restrictions on the medication. Oh, do you think there's collusion between the government 
And the big pharma industry? No, there can't be. The government's supposed to protect us, right? And big pharma is supposed to heal us, right? A June 1986 article in The Progressive about Feldine was headlined, Death by Prescription. Mirroring murder, murder by Injection by Eustace Mullins, one of the best books on Big Pharma ever written. Pricing. Pfizer has been at the center of controversies over its pricing for more than 50 years. In 1958, it was one of the six drug companies accused by the Federal Trade Commission of fixing prices on antibiotics. The company was also charged with making false statements to the U.S. Patent Office to obtain a patent on tetracycline which I believe is an antibiotic. I think I've, that, that has been administered to me upon occasion, too. In 1999, Pfizer pleaded guilty to criminal antitrust charges that its former food science group unit took part in two international price-fixing conspiracies. No, there's no such thing as conspiracies. One involving the food preservative sodium erythorbate and the other the flavor enhancer maltol. Pfizer agreed to pay fines totaling $20 million. Okay, so advertising and marketing controversies. Oh, man, false advertising? Uh, that's all Big Pharma does is false advertising. No need to even read from that. Bribery and improper payments. In 1976, Pfizer was one of the many companies that disclosed that it had made questionable payments to foreign government officials. Oh, Hunter Biden, maybe? He, he, he represents China. The company said that about 265000 had been paid to officials in three countries, but, not, but did not identify them. What, the officials or the countries? Or either. In August 2012, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission announced that it had reached a $45 million settlement with Pfizer to resolve charges that its subsidiaries, especially Wyeth, had bribed overseas doctors and other healthcare professionals to increase foreign sales. Okay, I think you get the picture. Is the medical establishment trustworthy? Of course not. They mean, yeah, it sounds more like Frankenstein. Pfizerstein. <laughs> oh, man. Our people, our people are being targeted by this agenda, folks. Uh, there, in fact, there are more and more doctors coming out and saying, uh, admitting that this whole agenda is anti-white. It's here to exterminate white people, and the Jews. Uh, the, but very few will say that the Jews are behind it. So that's the rap sheet. Amazing stuff, folks. Absolutely amazing. Continuing with the article, again, by MilesWMathis.com. 18 reasons why I won't be taking the, any vaccinations. Okay, so maybe this, maybe because of their rap sheet, this is why they are demanding that countries where they don't have a liability protection put up collateral to cover vaccine injury lawsuits. Okay, so in order to do business in your country, your country has to put up collateral just in case they get sued. They don't have that sweetheart deal that they have here in the good old United States of America. 
AstraZeneca has similarly lost so many lawsuits it's hard to count. Here's one, here's another, you get the point. And in case you missed it, the company had their COVID vaccine suspended in at least 18 countries over concerns of blood clots, and they completely botched their meeting with the FDA with numbers from their study that didn't match, which means they have no idea what they're doing. Of course, we already know that. We here at Eurofolk Radio know that because there's no liability. They don't need to know what they're doing. Point number four, oh, and apparently J&J, whose vaccine is approved for emergency use in the U.S., and AstraZeneca, whose vaccine is not approved for emergency use in the U.S., had a little mix-up in their ingredients in 15 million doses. Is that all? Only 15 million? Oops. Let me reiterate this point. Given the free pass from liability and the checkered past of these companies, why would we assume that all their vaccines are safe and made completely above board? Where else in life would we trust someone with that kind of a reputation? To me, that makes as much sense as expecting a remorseless, abusive, unfaithful lover to become a different person because a judge said deep down, they're a good person. No, I don't trust them. No liability, no trust. Number three, the ugly history of attempts to make coronavirus vaccines. Yeah, I think this goes back to 2002. There have been many attempts to make viral vaccines in the past that ended up in utter failure, which is why we did not have a coronavirus vaccine before 2020. And we still don't. In the 1960s, scientists attempted to make an RSV, respiratory syncytial, syncytial, S-Y-N-C-Y-T-I-A-L, syncytial virus vaccine for infants. Why are they targeting our children? Our children are their guinea pigs. In that study, they skipped animal trials because they weren't necessary back then. In the end, the vaccinated infants got much sicker than the unvaccinated infants when exposed to the virus in nature, with 80% of the vaccinated infants requiring hospitalization, and two of them died. There's a word for this, uh, that uh, the vaccinated people get sicker than the unvaccinated and the vaccines actually cause the disease, and when they get it, it's much worse than if they got the natural version of it. There's a word for that. Can't think. Maybe somebody in the chat room knows what that is. But uh, these are, these are tricks they employ against us, and we we are the trickies. They are the tricksters. And uh, okay. Back to the article. In the 1960s, oh yeah, uh, they skipped the animal trials. After 2000, scientists made many attempts to create coronavirus vaccines. For the past 20 years, all ended in failure because the animals in the clinical trials got very sick and many died, just like the children in the 1960s. You can read a summary of this history forward slash science here. Or if you want to read the individual studies, you can check out these links. In 2004, attempted vaccine produced hepatitis in ferrets. In 2005, uh, mice and civets became sick and more susceptible to coronaviruses after being vaccinated. In 2012, the ferrets became sick and died. Back to the the 2005 mice. Uh, This is 
what happens to many vaccinated people when they do contract a disease, which they ultimately do, it is much worse than if they developed it naturally. That's because you have also imbibed through the hypodermic needle all kinds of adjuvants, which are nothing but toxic poisons. So you allow yourself to be vaccinated with a, a substance that supposedly gives you immunity, but never does, plus all of the toxins and poisons that come along with it. It amazes me that anybody would ever submit to a vaccination. It just amazes me. This proves that the general public is absolutely ignorant of the contents of these vaccines, these chem shots. In 2012, the ferrets became sick and died. And in this study, mice and ferrets developed lung disease. Oh, coronavirus. In 2016, the study also produced lung disease in mice. Well, it's supposedly coronavirus is an upper respiratory ailment. And the illness I had back in February and March, mid-February, early March, I had two bouts of this. I had no complications with my lungs whatsoever. I had no breathing difficulties. I did not have any nasal drip. I had no coughing. But I had horrible, um, horrible pain and weakness throughout my body. Horrible pain and weakness. So uh, just any motion would be painful. And I had uh, something I never experienced before is like stabbing pains. Um, very uh, sporadic and unpredictable stabbing pains in any part of my body. My neck, my head, my foot, my abdomen, arm, back, anywhere. Just spontaneous and without any possible prediction for it. Uh, sharp pains. Uh I didn't have too much brain fog. Was, uh, I, was, I was coherent the whole time, but, but my body was just too weak to perform, even though I did have to go out and shovel snow. It was really difficult to get, just drag myself out of bed to get out and shovel snow. And it was really difficult to do doing the programs during those two episodes because I did have to do shows those two during those two episodes, and I I pulled them off without too much difficulty because all I have to do is sit here and talk. Right, sitting and talking is usually not too difficult, but getting out of bed to get into the chair to do the shows was tedious and somewhat painful, but mainly the. Uh, you know the fatigue factor, the fatigue factor, and and of course when you have a disease like this, you want to hydrate, and so I my prescription for anybody who goes through any flu-like disease or episode, vitamins A, B, C, D, and E plus zinc. And other people have told me I should add selenium to that as well, but that's what I was taking during those two episodes. I never thought I was going to die or anything like that. I was just confident that I would get over it, as I always have in the past. And so, I, fortunately, I did. But there are many who had much more serious episodes than I did. And, you know, that, uh, that was serious stuff, folks. Yeah, I need to take it easier. <laughs> right? I, I work too hard. Right? But I have too much fun. 
right? I love doing this. So uh, uh, it makes me sleep better at night, right? When I go to bed, I'm really tired. I fall asleep. My head hits the pillow and I fall asleep. But uh, that was you know, another symptom I should mention during those two episodes. Getting decent sleep was very difficult because, well, because you're just laying down all the time. You're not, you're not exercising. You're not, you're not getting tired. So you'd be staying up all night with all this fatigue and these various pains that come about. It, it reminded me of malaria. That's what it reminded me most of is malaria. Uh, and, but without the night sweats. You know, the, the cold sweats. Malaria, you get cold sweats. It was nothing like any flu I had ever experienced before because with other flus, I did have upper respiratory problems. You know, sneezing, coughing, runny nose, uh, many cases hacking cough, and uh, constant nose blowing. And that's you know, it's just like the flu the kids get from school. All right? They come back from and they catch it from their classmates. And uh, the whole school is shut down because all the kids have the flu. The other odd thing about this so-called pandemic, pandemic is kids aren't getting it. Kids are not getting it, which is more proof that it's not a typical flu. It's a Franken flu. <laughs> Franken flu. Yeah, I should have hired some kid to shovel the snow, but I didn't want to risk you know that kid getting what I had, right? So, 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 man, getting dressed, just putting on my high top boots, and and uh, lacing the bootstraps up to you know above my ankle, and putting on the clothes, you know that that was painful. It was fatiguing, but other than that, other than the pain and fatigue. I really had, uh, and uh, the uh, occasional pain, uh, pain stabs. Uh, I did not really have any major symptoms, so uh, totally different from any other flu I've ever had. Okay, anyway, that being said, uh, maybe if you have, if you have uh, episodes similar to this, please let me know. Yeah, even putting on your boots are a major task when you're that sick. That is correct, okay? You'd rather stay in bed. But the important thing is stay hydrated because dehydration is one of the real killers here. People uh, are too fatigued to even bother getting up and having a drink of water. But take take those vitamins, especially vitamin C. Lots and lots and lots of vitamin C and zinc. And if you can get it, ivermectin. And hydroxychloroquine, if you can get those. Okay? That's my prescription. And if the feds don't like it, sue me. All right, let's continue. The bloodthirsty big pharma people. And they are. They're vampires. Uh, And so, the typical pattern in the studies mentioned above, is that the children and the animals produced beautiful antibody responses after being vaccinated. The manufacturers thought they hit the jackpot. The problem came when the children and animals were exposed to the wild version or the natural versions of the virus. What then happened, an unexplained phenomenon called, and this is what I was referring to earlier, I couldn't think of the name, ADE, Antibody-dependent enhancement. No, it's not antibody-dependent. It's vaccine-dependent enhancement. They're blaming it on the antibodies when they should be blaming it on the vaccine. 
ADE, okay, also known as Vaccine Enhanced Disease. That's the correct name. <laughs> Forget about antibody-dependent enhancement. It's Vaccine Enhanced Disease, VED. Occurred when the immune system produced a cytokine storm, i.e. overwhelmingly attacked the body, and the children slash animals died. Okay? A cytokine storm is basically a fever. When you have a high fever or any fever, your body is reacting aggressively to whatever is trying to attack you. Whether it be a germ or some, some uh, substance such as a toxin. And sometimes you, your body can get overheated and the, the fever can kill you. So if it gets that high, my understanding is if you get up to like 110 degrees, you're, you're going to die, <laughs> right? Uh, I've never experienced anything like that. Don't know anybody who's experienced anything like that. But uh, you know, there, and, and then when I was feverish as a child, my mother would put a wet compress on my forehead. That simple, uh, seemed to do the trick. Okay, here's the lingering issue. The vaccine makers have no data to suggest their rushed vaccines have overcome that problem. In other words, never before has any attempt to make a coronavirus vaccine been successful, nor has the gene therapy technology that is mRNA, quote-unquote, vaccines, what I'm calling chem shots, have been safely brought to market but hey, since they had billions of dollars in government funding, I'm sure they figured that out. They don't need to worry about funding. Except that they don't know if they have number four, the data gaps submitted to the FDA by the vaccine makers. Well, I mean, it's all fraud to begin with. Complicity between the drug manufacturers and the government. I don't see how any liberal can possibly trust the government after you know knowing the you know the the in bed relationship between government and big pharma they sleep in the same bed folks and they produce hybrid offspring constantly how can any liberal tr trust this system and complain about uh, corporations while saying government is good no they're one and the same now they're married this is a marriage made in hell. Big government and big pharma. A marriage made in hell. Yet they cling to their notion that big government is going to save them. Yeah. We, we're talking about how bad this is. This is really, really bad. People... Yeah, uh, Four months, uh, Freebird says, about four months after the injection, and more people will be getting very ill and dying. Uh, many of the uh, presenters, the uh, rebels, medical rebels, will uh, have been predicting a, a period of up to 17 months when people will begin to die, begin to die in greater, greater numbers. Yes, the agenda is to genetically modify the human species in order to patent us, make us their property, a la slavery. Okay, just like a GMO crop. Thank you, Swamp Fox. 
Right, yeah. And Captain Witness says, yes, the Jews definitely look at us as if, if we are cattle or a crop. You know, we in identity know these things. We're trying to share this with the world. But the world seems to have a, um, the outside world, the world outside of identity, seems to have a mental block against truth, especially truth about the Jews. Anyway, number four, the data gaps submitted to the FDA by the vaccine makers. When vaccine makers submitted their papers to the FDA for the emergency use authorization, note an EUA is not the same as the full FDA approval, among the many data gaps they reported was that they have nothing in their trial to suggest they overcame that pesky problem of vaccine-enhanced disease. Now, how big a problem is vaccine-enhanced disease? I would say that it's huge. I did a, a, a couple of months ago, I did a report by a, a family doctor who actually did statistical a statistical analysis of his patients who were children. And he reported that the vaccine, he, he did vaccinations, but he also had children whose parents did not want their children vaccinated. And he kept records of both groups and a running list of how often the unvaccinated unvaccinated children had to come back for follow-up treatment, which was nearly zero. But the vaccinated children were constantly coming back for more health problems, obviously due to the vaccines. And he stated such, that the reason these kids had all these return visits up to 25 times, callbacks. Now, if I were a contractor and... uh, I was called, let's say, to fix a bunch of broken windows. And every time I left, two days, two or three days later, the windows were broken again. And I had a call back. Uh, you know, what the hell is going on? Am I, am I repairing these windows wrong? Or is there somebody going down the street throwing rocks at the windows? Come on, you've got to do research. But they don't. The medical establishment does not do this type of follow-up study. Absolutely does not. So, vaccine-enhanced disease. They simply don't know how big a problem this is. They have no idea if the vaccines they've made will also produce the same cytokine storm and deaths as previous attempts at such products. As Joseph Mercola points out, quote, Previous attempts to develop an mRNA-based drug using lipid nanoparticles failed and had to be abandoned because when the dose was too low, the drug had no effect. When the dose was too high, the drug became too toxic. An obvious question is, what has changed that now makes this technology safe enough for mass use? As I reported uh, earlier in this program, the... the, uh, The gene-driving technology and CRISPR technology have allowed Big Pharma to attack our DNA with ease. You must watch the two videos that are included. The gene-driving video and the CRISPR video, which explains that they have overcome these problems. Back to the article. Well, it's a problem for them, right? uh, Their success is is our defeat. If that's not alarming enough, here are other gaps in the data. There is no data to suggest safety or efficacy regarding one. Anyone younger than age 18 or older than age 55. 
So the people in between are basically guinea pigs who are going to develop dementia and Alzheimer's and think, or cancer, heart disease, uh, strokes, etc. as they age. They will get sick. It's just going to take longer. Given the vaccine agenda up to this point. Now, it may, it may not take that long anymore with the mRNA technology they're employing. Okay. Point number two, pregnant or lactating mothers. There's no data suggesting the safety for these people. Number three, autoimmune conditions. If you're already sick, when COVID first started, it was obvious that the people most affected were those who were already sick with another condition. Number four, immunocompromised individuals. Number five, no data on transmission of COVID, no data on preventing mortality from COVID, no data on duration of protection from COVID. And of course, the so-called vaccine doesn't do any of that, doesn't provide any protection, doesn't uh, limit your uh, you know, um, death <laughs> or transmission, doesn't do any of that. And they admit that it doesn't do any of that. Hard to believe, right? In case you think I'm making this up or want to see the actual documents sent to the FDA by Pfizer and Moderna for their emergency use authorization, you can check out this or this. The data gaps can be found starting with page 46 and 48, respectively. As I have been saying for the past two years uh, in COVID and about vaccines in general for my whole life, they do not test these vaccines after they come to market. There are no follow-up studies. They simply assert that they're safe and you should take them. Fifth reason why uh, the, uh, I forget the author's name. I don't want to scroll up and lose my place. But again, this is from mileswmathis.com forward slash COVID-8 dot PDF. I highly suggest you get this document. It's not very long. It looks to me about 8 to 10 pages at the, at the most. And show this to people that you love or, 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 concerned, or concerned about. They need to know these things. Number five, no access to the raw data from the trials. Oh, they're transparent. They're as transparent as Barack Obama. Would you like to see the raw data that produced the 90% and 95% effective claims touted in the news? Me too. But they won't let us see that data. As they pointed out in the BMJ, BMJ, Bureau of Medical Journal, something medical journal, something about the Pfizer and Moderna efficacy claims smells really funny. Yeah, it stinks. There were, quote, 3,410 total cases of suspected but unconfirmed COVID-19 in the overall study population. Now, rem now look, get this. Just get this language. 3,410 total cases of suspected but unconfirmed COVID-19 in the overall study population. Why didn't they bother to confirm it? 1,594 occurred in the vaccine group versus 1,816 in the placebo group. And he says, wait, what? Did they fail to do science in their scientific study by not verifying a major variable? 
Could they not test those suspected but unconfirmed cases to find out if they had COVID? Apparently not. Well, that would require work. Money spent that we don't need to spend because nobody can sue us. Why not test all 3,410 participants for the sake of accuracy? Why bother? We know it all, or we can at least pretend to know it all. We can only guess that they didn't test it because it would mess up their 90-95% to effective claims. Where is the FDA? Would it not be prudent for the FDA to expect or demand that the vaccine makers test people who have COVID-like symptoms and find out for sure? And release their raw data so outside third parties could examine how manufacturers justified the numbers? That would be science, folks! But COVID is not science. COVID is simply ramrodding dictatorship. I mean, it's only every citizen in the world we're trying to get to take these experimental products. Why did the FDA not require that? Isn't the entire entire purpose of the FDA... (laughs) Isn't this the purpose of the FDA anyway? Foxes guarding the hen house? Seems like it. No liability, no trust. Foxes, wolves, alligators, you name it. They're feeding off the chickens, and we're the chickens. Okay, very, very good. Very, very good. Okay, so uh, this article is outstanding. I highly recommend everybody read it. We have about uh, 15 minutes left. Let's continue. Number six, no long-term safety testing. Uh, I would say is none at all, not even short-term safety testing. The, the study I quoted about shedding earlier in today's show was, what, six months at the most? Is that considered long-term? They should be doing decades-long-term studies, following up you know, uh, a group, you know, uh, following a group of individuals who have been vaccinated for this or that to see what kind of diseases they contract in their lifetimes vis-a-vis a placebo group, placebo group, a control group, to show whether or not vaccinated people are sicker their lifelong than unvaccinated people. And I guarantee you, folks, they are. These, these trials have no long-term safety data. In other words, we have no idea what this product will do in the body months or years from now for any population. Given all the risks above, risks that all pharmaceutical products have, would it not be prudent to wait and see if the worst-case scenarios have indeed been avoided, like a Lipitor? I remember reporting a a couple of years ago that pilots on Lipitor would pass out in mid-flight. A pretty dangerous situation there. Would it not make sense to to, want to fill those pesky data gaps before we try to give this to every man, woman, and child on the planet? Well, that would make sense. But to have that data, they need to test it on people, which leads me to my next point, number seven. No informed consent. What most who are taking the vaccine don't know is that because these products are still in clinical trials, anyone who gets the shot is now part of the clinical trial. They are part of the experiment. 
those like me who do not take it are part of the control group. Okay, so we here at EFR, we are the control group. But even as we find out because of shedding, you're not really part of the control group. Because if you just get near somebody who has been vaccinated or vexed, you might catch it from them. So you're, there's really no control group. Time will tell how this experiment works out. It's not going to work out too well, I can guarantee you that. But you may be asking, if the vaccines are causing harm, wouldn't we be seeing that all over the news? Well, this is a question a member of the general public would be asking, not a Jew-savvy identian. Surely the FDA would step in and pause the distribution? Well, if the adverse events reporting system was working, maybe things would be different. But, well, you know, you know as well as I do that the big pharma advertising on mainstream media is probably their number one source of revenue. Do you think they're going to banish advertising from questionable sources? I mean, times are tough. We're in this COVID mess, right? We're all in this hoax together. And so revenues for advertising are down across all media. Because why? The lockdown has killed business. Maybe they're having second thoughts about killing business because it's negatively affecting Mass media. Number eight, underreporting of adverse reactions and death. According to a study done by Harvard, commissioned by our own government, less than 1% of all adverse reactions to vaccines are actually submitted to the National Vaccine Adverse Events Report System. Read page six at the link above. While the problems with VAERS have not been fixed, as you can read about this in the letter to the CDC, at the time of this writing, VAERS reports over 2,200 deaths from the current COVID vaccines, as well as close to 60,000 adverse reactions. And as I reported, I tried to report a couple of weeks ago, you know, these are volunteers. They're the people making these reports are volunteers. So if this is not an official reporting system by the CDC. These are volunteers, doctors, and victims reporting these things to this reporting system, okay? VAERS data released today showed 50,861 reports of adverse events following COVID vaccines, including 2,249 deaths and 7,726 serious injuries between December 14, 2020 and March 26, 2021. All right, so that's only a four-month period. Only four months. 2,200 deaths, 8,000 serious injuries, and 50,000 adverse reactions. And those numbers don't include what is currently 578 cases of Bell's palsy. If those numbers are still only 1% of the total adverse reactions, or 0.8% or 2% of what the study published recently in the JAMA found, J-M-A, J-A-M-A, the Journal of the American Medical Association. You can do the math, but that equates to somewhere around 110,000 to 220,000 deaths from the vaccines to date and a ridiculous number of adverse reactions. Bet you didn't see that on the news. 
That death number would currently still be lower than the 424,000 deaths from medical errors that happen every year, which you probably also don't hear about. But we are not even six months into the rollout of these vaccines yet. Yes, and Big Pharma is the number two cause of death in America these days. Why isn't the mass media calling for a a million mom march against Big Pharma? If you want a deeper dive into the problems with the VAERS reporting system, you can check this out or check this out. Two links in this report. So again, I highly recommend everybody getting this report. You can get it at mileswmathis.com forward slash covid8.pdf and uh, inform your friends and relatives of the dangers of vaccines, of chem shots. Reason number nine, the vaccines do not stop transmission or infection. Wait, what? Aren't those vaccines supposed to be what we've been waiting for to go back to normal? Nope. Why do you think we're getting all these conflicting messages about needing to practice social distancing and wear masks after we get a vaccine? The reason is because these vaccines were never designed to stop transmission or infection. If you don't believe me, I refer you again to the paper submitted to the FDA I linked to above. The primary endpoint, what the vaccines are meant to accomplish, is to lower your symptoms. Hmm. So you get a less virulent case of whatever? Well, I guess that's what I had, a less violent case of COVID. So I guess it worked. Sounds like just about every other drug on the market, right? Yeah, like the the cold and flu uh, junk that you buy over the counter. That's it. Lowering your symptoms is the big payoff we've been waiting for. Does that seem completely pointless to anyone but me? (laughs) No, You, you don't want to feel sick. That's important, that you don't feel sick. Never mind that you're still sick. The drug is just covering the symptoms. Number one, it can't stop us from spreading the virus. Number two, it can't stop the virus from infecting us once we have it. Number three, to get the vaccine is to accept all the risk of these experimental products and the best it might do is lower symptoms. That's what this COVID monstrosity is only going to accomplish, that's all it's going to accomplish? Lowering symptoms, just like any other drug, over-the-counter drug typically does? Uh, Has anyone in Big Pharma ever thought of the idea called prevention? Oh, I guess vaccination is supposed to be prevention, but it doesn't work. Heck, there are plenty of other things I can do to lower my symptoms that don't involve taking what appears to be a really risky product. Now, for the next logical question, If we're worried about asymptomatic spreaders, would the vaccine not make it more likely that we are creating asymptomatic spread? Or how about symptomatic spread? Both. If it indeed reduces symptoms, anyone who gets... Well, now, wait a minute. A symptom is something you feel, not necessarily diagnose. Okay? As long as the victim or the drug purchaser feels better, the drug must be working, right? 
No, it just means that you're masking the symptoms. <laughs> Feeling better is not as many. In fact, I've talked to several people who've had it, and you know they feel good one day and they feel horrible the next, no matter what they do. And it's it's kind of cyclical. It feels you feel good one day and you feel horrible the next. So it, it, everything about this is totally illogical. But now is a, a next logical question. If we're worried about asymptomatic spreaders, with <laughs> if it indeed reduces symptoms, anyone who gets it might not even know they are sick, and thus they are more likely to spread the virus, right? Yeah, the drug just makes you feel better. It doesn't cure anything. That's true of most drugs, most drugs available, uh, even aspirin. Now you got a headache. Well, it reduces the pain of your headache, but does it cure the headache? No, you keep getting headaches, and the doctors are clueless as to how to prevent headaches that keep on coming back. The medical profession is clueless on how to prevent these degenerative and you know diseases that keep on coming back time after time after time because they don't know the cause. They can only treat the symptoms. Are you getting it, folks? This is all the big pharma really does. And even if you've got a viral infection, or not a viral, but a bacterial infection, chances are your body will overcome it naturally if your immune system is working right. There are times, though, when uh, medical in intervention is necessary. So, I mean, if you're near death, you're at the point where you're willing to try anything, right? When you're near death. Number 10, people are catching COVID after being fully vaccinated, which is basically the point of today's show. Talk about a bummer. You get vaccinated and you still catch COVID. It's happening in the following states. Washington, New York, Michigan, Hawaii, several other states too. It happened to 80% of the 35 nuns who got the vaccine in Kentucky. All right, folks. That's today's report. The zombie apocalypse update number one. We'll continue updating on this subject as this scenario increases, as more people continue to volunteer to become guinea pigs for Big Pharma, the Deep State, and the Mystery Babylon Empire run by the House of Rothschild. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. <laughs> government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. The Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James.